So, look, when was the first time you seen Steel Panther? Fuck, never. <laughs> you, you've never the seen them? The first time I've uh, presumed, like, seen them multiple times. I'm but, sure we had this conversation. Maybe it was just me being... No, no, my brother went to see them. That was his first ever gig, was Steel Panther. And it's, <laughs> it's quite the weirdest first ever gig to go to. That's and, class. Uh, if you know it's my brother, it's, rock and roll, would, man. it's the last thing you would think Kevin would go see. That's absolutely brilliant. Like, I've I seen them at Download. We're talking about that, like, when I went to Download myself. Like we lonely boy, uh, and I had no idea who they were, and uh, <laughs> Tang Boomerang" was the first song that came on. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" What an introduction to Steel Panther! By My first band oh, I went to see was busted, so it's quite different. Yeah, that's not bad. Mine was Steps, so uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on from that <laughs> explains so much. It actually does. <laughs> like my dad um, really thought <laughs> oh, no. I was gay from when I was like five like and I was playing steps in my room like and then he'd come in and try and make me listen like Bob Dylan or something like that that's the most straightest male artist you can think of Bob Dylan mate it really is though isn't it like that's like I was just pulling that out of the back what's straighter than Bob Dylan Johnny Cash Johnny Cash would be straighter did you see that picture there Johnny Cash and thigh high boots that's actually what I was thinking of there. I was like, no, nah, no, really. Um, we're just going to get into this quickly because we've got a cup final to get to today. Um, <laughs> so, I know. Nikki, you're buzzing for the cup final? No, but I'm coming out after it. Are you? Yeah, me and Kyle are going to go and have something to eat while we use it with Malone's and then yeah. come after. Where are you going for something to eat, but? No idea. Me and Kyle Bucks. don't. Box bar? Are you trying to plan or looking? <laughs> You're actually obsessed with planning. I, look, I just you'll think... appreciate this. Trust tried to say to me the other day that he was a spontaneous person. Lies. Lies. Tell him that that is wrong. Oh, I, went to, I went to download myself. And he then said to me... He planned. He said to me, he was like, see if I had time off work and someone offered me a, a one-way ticket away from here, I would go. And I was like, so would anyone if they had the time after work. <laughs> I'm actually thinking that right now because I'm currently unemployed as fuck. So <laughs> that was just wishful thinking. Anyway, in Bruges. Directed by Martin McDonough, released in 2008. Stars Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Ray Fiennes and Clemens Posey. Um, it's, about no, it's, it's about Killing Waynes. Um, it made $34.5 million on a $50 million budget. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. We asked the Facebook page, what do you make of it? Uh, not many people have seen this one. It was one of the the war, uh, you know, responded to polls. But ninety percent of people gave it a thumbs up. Ten percent gave it a thumbs down. Um, that ten percent translates to one person, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Out uh, the person, Ian Shearer. Was no, it? it wasn't Ian Shearer. It was Ian Fraser. Where you see, I can tell Still performance. Those were the days. Uh, look, this is your first time film. This, yes, you're the, you're the only one who watched, uh, who hasn't seen it before. Uh, what do you make of it? I honestly loved it. I thought I, I decided I'd never heard it before, and I was like, I'm not going to read anything about it. I'm just going to go into it blind and fucking loved it. By the way, mm. I don't know if it's because the Irish. I just love hearing constant Irish patter. Um, yeah. and Colin Farrell's just sensational. Uh, but he's like, you know that way in Colin, Colin Farrell sometimes he's kind of like typecasted kind of thing. Yeah. Well, in this he's kind of like that, but then he's also not. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, know, I think it, but... Colin Farrell's one of those actors that became pure like 
I don't know the word for it, but Hollywoodized at one point. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I. Like they Johnny Depp kind of thing. Yeah, they try to turn Colin Farrell into like a sort of uh, pound shop Johnny Depp at one point. You know what I mean? And it Aye. just wasn't working. He was so boring. Like, who was it? Was it Bullseye played in the Daredevil movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, what? Like, what a role he played. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, a role in Crash in the film. Like, um, like, stuff like this. Like, it's just so casual. Uh, and he seems to be having fun. You know, that way you can tell when an actor's having, like, fun and enjoying what they're doing rather than, like, just being there to stay aligned. You know what I mean? Nicky, you'll get oh, that. So. That's like you most of the time in the show. Uh, just <laughs> <That's very true. laughs> And then sometimes um, I have fun. Yeah, so you're, you've been a fan of his plays and stuff like that. Like, you've read a couple of his more recent ones, The Pillow Man uh, and The Hangman, and you've also seen some of his other movies, movies, I'm presuming, as well. How do you think M. Bruges, as, like, his first film, like, holds up to the rest of his work you've read? I've not seen any of his films, I don't think. I didn't know really? this was one of his films. I honestly didn't. Until this morning, I've not oh. seen that three billboard that you keep telling me to watch. I've only read these plays, and ah, it's brilliant, mate. It's so good. Bruce is just yeah. a really good setting as well. I know that's a pure obvious thing to say, but it, it just does. It just looks amazing. Yeah, Gary. Uh, Gary Beatson here for the first time, please. And Welcome, Gary. Hello. Hello. Let's go, Rusev. Uh, Gary. <laughs> um, you, you you came on because Luke told me he told you we we're doing in Bruges. You're like, I need to get on uh, talk about this movie. Like, what is it mm. about in Bruges that's appealing to you? Is it the writing of McDonough? Is it the acting, or is it like a combination of like everything that just works? It's a com- uh, it's a combination of kind of a lot of things. It's quite a tight movie. It's like an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels really quick. It's really well acted. It's really well written. Obviously, Martin McDonough coming from like a playwriting background. Mm-hmm. Um, his his dialogue's essential. I think the uh, the way it's shot, this uh, as it was said before, the setting Bruges is just such a nice setting. It's so um, works so well as like a backdrop against this horrific murder that's went down in London. Yeah, um, and it's like a, obviously this is like the escape almost, and just seeing the dichotomy between um, Brendan Gleeson's character, who's all for it, and. Colin Farrell's character who kind of hates everything and then you, as you, as the film progresses you peel back the layers and I think it just develops really well um, as a film and I really like how it ends as well on that kind of like ambiguous note. Yeah, like I wanted to bring this up at one point but I'm just going to do it right now. I've not watched a Mark McDonough movie or read a, a play that doesn't involve a Wayne getting murdered. I'm not <laughs> sure um, if at yeah. this point it's a... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> hey, the pillow man it? involves multiple ways in murdered. I mean, that's the key. This is calling card, man. Aye, it really is. Like, I'm, I'm slightly concerned about it, but I think that, that his use of the child murder is particularly effective here. Um, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right, I want you to write that sentence down and say it for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm putting that as the blurb to this episode. Like, that's, uh, that's what I'll be putting in. Uh, look, you talked a bit about Colin Farrell there, but Brendan Gleeson... Like for me, sort of like carries this movie through. He's the through line, uh, and Ken's just like such a likable character for being like a fucking oh, hitman. I loved him because uh, so obviously, as Gary says, like he's just trying to get on with it. So he's been told sit here for two weeks till you hear a phone call, and he's like sightsee, don't do anything stupid, and he is, and he's pure getting involved in it. See the bit when he talks about the like Christ blood, and he gets he's so invested in it, and Colin Farrell's like that. Done it, you do it, and he's just so raging when he walks up to it, and he can't help but still be raging, even when he's looking at Christ's blood. So, yeah. 
stuff like that's that. That's the most relatable part of the movie for me, though. Like, have you ever been in a situation you're trying to tell, like, a pal about something, like, you're really interested in? Like, I've done this a lot, by the way. And they're Aye. just, like, don't surprise fucking surprise care about time. it. Like, they just don't fucking care about it. And you're getting, like, just so pissed off. That's how I felt about the Sonic the Hedgehog thing, like, two weeks ago. I know, I Aye, Nikki's pure like, why do we need to talk about this? I feel like fucking throwing a chainsaw at you. Sorry, look, carry on, I cut you off there. That's what you It's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I was going with. I was just talking about how, I just think, di- as Gary says again, the dialogue in it was fucking brilliant. Uh, mm-hmm. See, what I didn't expect was see Harry when he showed who actually Harry was. I was like, I know his face, where I know his face from. And uh, it's fucking Voldemort himself. Uh, child boy. killer. <laughs> he's um, fucking caught that. But uh, he's in Red Dragon as well. He's pretty fast. Dragon? Aye, he's oh, no. the big blind. He's a plays like a big blind murderer. <laughs> he's class. Mm. Yeah, no, he's really good. Like class movie. Um, what is everyone's like favorite line of dialogue from the film? I think no mine idea. Is, um, <laughs> <laughs> you just got one so you can tell us yours I can't actually remember the line specifically but it was something about a fat black girl on a seesaw opposite <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah, right. of, opposite oh, a midget there was one about oh fuck the, the bit when they're all taking uh, cocaine and about the blacks versus the whites and it's going to be a war man <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks about no in fact see when he fucking um, punches he shows one with the Vietnamese and then he Punches the guy, and he's like, What are you talking about? And then he comes out with a bottle Aye. And, he, and he fucking throat punches her, and it turns out they're Canadian, and, and it makes sense. It's not, it goes, That was from John Lennon. Do you <laughs> know what? For John, you Yankee fucking cunt. <laughs> I never got that to yesterday. The fact they were Canadian. I really like the line, see, when he's talking about he's like, uh, He's like, Ken, I'm from Dublin. <laughs> Uh, they're just standing outside the tower. Aye. And he's like, I'm from Dublin, I love Dublin. Uh, and he's like, if I was born on a farm and was retarded, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, so it doesn't. <laughs> so funny. It's Some just, killer, killer it's one lines he, in there. It's one. the way he delivers that is like hilarious because there's a difference between like reading, yeah. reading his work in the page and then like seeing it performed. Like I remember like the Pillow Man specifically, I don't know why I keep going back to that, but but there's a role in it, I think it's Topolsky, who's one of the lead investigators, and it's quite dry. Like, see, when you read it, like, you just mm. imagine him, he's like, uh, like, you, the, like the French guy giving out the guns, that's who I imagine would be playing him. Um, <laughs> but then oh, I, watched the clip of, I watched a clip of the plane, it was Jeff fucking Goldblum, it was completely different <laughs> to what I'd imagined it in my head. It's like, you're <laughs> like that, like, needs to pee sort of style of acting. It's like, <laughs> constantly frantic, like, <laughs> across the stage and I was like wow this is like completely different but oh, I, 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 I love the way Jeff Goldblum like talks yeah I could listen to it forever man it's just so ridiculous Gary go Gary do it do your impression no I don't have a Jeff Goldblum mate can anyone really pull that off absolutely not but I would love for you to do your Christopher Walken nah come on now man Truffle's done the worst Christopher Walken impression <laughs> I've ever heard in my life Truffle you do yours <laughs> you do yours Truffle and Gary you do yours it's crazy Aye, that was mine by the way <laughs> on you go Truffle's Oopie doo 
There we go. You completely set me off. That was pure good, Gary. I like that. See, speaking of Christopher Walken, he's really good in a, is it Seven Psychopaths, the other Martin McDonough film? Right, so that's what I wanted to talk that's about. Because... I've got that on DVD, never watched it. Oh, it's Aye. so good. Because Seven Psychopaths is like the one, like, I just completely keep missing out. Like, because when it came out, I was like, and that's another thing I want to talk about, is that, see if I seen this movie like 10 years ago, I would not have enjoyed this, I don't think at all. I yeah. wouldn't, have, wouldn't have got it, everything went over my head. And I think that's what I felt about Seven Psychopaths when I first got Netflix and stuff like that. I was like, I'm not really interested yeah. in this. I don't know if anyone else is. But yeah, now that kind I've, of a sequel. I, now I've seen this, three billboards, like read his plays, like, I really need to see Seven Psychopaths, but I'm probably going to save it for another episode, like, down the line, mm, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and get that watched. Um, I know other things about Bruges are that Colin Farrell really hates Bruges. You, it's a shithole. You all talked about it there, like, it's a great set and it's nice, um, and that's one of my favourite parts of the movie is when Harry's like, it's a fairy tale. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fairy tale play to in, like, fucking Bruges, and he's pure getting annoyed about it. Uh, but, of course, that leads to uh, the third act of the movie is when Harry comes into Bruges, uh, and Gary, one of my favourite conversations in this entire film is between Brendan Gleeson uh, and Ray finds here, uh, Harry and Ken, uh, mm. and they talk about reasons why he did it. And we just get that line Harry, you're a cunt. You've yeah, always been a cunt. Cunts are cunts. <laughs> and that's oh, one of so my favorite. funny. Uh, when you first watched this, did you expect this to wrap up the way that it did? Like, obviously, mm. it seems for a while as though uh, Ray's getting away, he's going to go away to got free, and we're just going to see like Ken and Harry battle it out. Yeah. But then it ends up running through the streets into that dream sequence and stuff like that. Were you surprised at all? Do you think it ends effectively? Well, I really like how the second act kind of comes to a close and he puts him in the train, and uh, it all looks as if it's going to go all right. Um, and then as soon as he's on the phone and he's like, Do you hear that sound? and he like points the phone to the train and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you see Ray Fiennes just going like absolutely mental on that phone. I was like, yeah, man, he's going to end up like coming here and it's going to kick off. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really heard any other Martin McDonough stuff, so I didn't know that he was right in his like, violence and any violence that he has in his films is pretty graphic and it mm-hmm. tends to uh, be really shocking. But I yeah. didn't expect it, and then when it came, I was like, that's just such a... It was just such a cool end, and I thought, like, just the way yeah. it all played out at the very end and him, like, mm-hmm. chasing him through the streets. Um, uh-huh. The big shootout, Mark McDonough's obsessed with the shootout. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just kind of big thing for the, like the third act of a film, and he, and he telegraphs it as well. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He <laughs> uh, brings the profile. He's like, no, 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 not a chance. This is the shootout. Yeah, uh, when the girl Harry to go uh, to fuck off. Um, he's like, I'll, okay, I'll count to three and I'll jump out the window. And he's like, right, are, are you going to jump out the window? But because I don't want to come out there in a minute and have you hiding in a fucking cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite. Uh, look, one thing that um. I, I really like about this movie. They set it up and Harry says that line to Ken, like, if I killed a child, like, I'd shoot myself in the head. And yeah, then, yeah. I love how he thinks he's killed a child. Obviously, oh, we see the midget dressing in the school uniform. It's <laughs> oh, like, so amazingly built. And, like, see, the thing is, see the more that wee midget went on. I, see, no, no word of a lie. I was watching this, right? I see the wee midget, and like when he waved at him, and he, nice. that was before he even spoke, and he waved back. I was like, "That's oh, kind of, kind of cute." You know what I mean? Like, oh god, love him. He's just trying his best, and then he starts like taking the hunters' gear, 
and like just been absolutely happy he's not named Sam Talton been a racist midget it's going to be a war man it's going to be a war man see when like he's leaving the room and like he grabs a coke and he goes um, fucking short arse and then just fucking runs Two Mikey Vickers and a racist dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> so when he get his like his whole brain blown out, I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, deserved, but also amazing that he's in the yeah. uniform. Amazing." <laughs> that that midget was so funny, man. Like his his delirious lines because he had some of like the most fucking ridiculous lines, man. Being on like oh, horse man. tranquilizer. <laughs> See when like there was what about the horse tranquilizer like... midget. What, what about the Pakistanis? The blacks. <laughs> I'm on the other side, man. Whites are going to get their ass kicked. Uh, one thing about that conversation, and Nicky, like, Mark McDonough's work is obviously, like, so over the top. He says some obscene things, and we get, obviously, like, that heightened level of violence as well. But there are moments that sort of brings it down back to earth. Like, everything sort of means something. There are themes that can be mm. sort of identified, and he's not just doing all this for the sake of, like, Aye. doing something cool. You know what I mean? And I particular... in character. Yeah, exactly. And I particularly like the scene with uh, Ken. Uh, and he's talking about his wife um, and how his wife was black and how she was murdered uh, by a by a white man. And he's like, so whose side should I, should I should take? Uh, what do you think, Nicky, about like the way Martin McDonough puts these deeper themes, possibly related to his home country, Ireland, like into his work? No idea what you mean. Uh, I mean, <laughs> honestly, got no idea what you mean. Deeper themes. I'm not even right. going to pretend that I know what you mean. Like, for example. I'm actually trying to think what I mean now. Right, I have so, no idea. <laughs> you could say that this movie, like when you boil down to it, is a morality tale. Like, what what, sta- what crime do you need to commit? Uh, and there's no redemption possible. I'm just going to you know talk I mean? about the play again, just be up your dick. <laughs> Pillow yeah. Man, you think at the start that it's all about killing kids, and then the more it goes on, you realise it's about stories. And it's so weird. Because yeah. suddenly it's like, why did... This isn't spoiling for you to haven't read it yet, right? But at one point, they're like, he thinks they're battering his disabled brother because he can hear him screaming and that. And then he comes through and he's like, I might have just told him to scream. He's like, how do you know I'm doing it to him? You're in here, you can't see that I'm doing anything. And it's just mm-hmm. every time they mm-hmm. say that they've done something, they'll then be like, oh, why are you? Like, it tricks you so many times. And it's like, well, I've said to you that it's not true. Why are you still believing it? It's so yeah. weird. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like the themes aren't really evident from the start, but by Aye. the end, like you realise what the story's it's been It's the same as that about. one I gave you the other day. It suddenly goes really different. Yeah, but and I think that's what Embrouge is about for me. Is about like for the forgiveness. Can someone be forgiven for something like killing a little kid, or is it beyond redemption? Like the sort of Harry represents. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know. I found that pretty interesting, but clearly, yeah, you had no idea what we're talking no. about. So we're just going to move it on. Um, this was this was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. It's an award I don't think we done a one until three billboards uh, this year. Uh, Gary, have you seen all three of his movies up until this point? I yeah, I've watched all three. How yeah, would you, how would you, how would you rank them? I know it's a bit of pressure, but um, well, this well. This film's quite kind of uh, insular, and the th- although the themes are really well explored, it's really kind of self-contained. Whereas Three Billboards and Seven Psychopaths are really big movies, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of characters, a lot of interweaving plot lines, and a lot of kind of deeper explanation uh, of these themes through so many uh, characters. Mm-hmm. But I think to rate them, I think Ambrose is still my favourite of the three. Yeah, um, and then maybe. Uh, 
three billboards and then seven psychopaths. Yeah, but it's pretty but close. It's, yeah. pretty it's, close. P- it's pretty close. I do, I do really like all three. I really like his writing style. Um, it's it's kind of really fresh whenever you hear his films, and I reckon you could um, you could pick out a Martin McDonough film just from the dialogue alone, because mm-hmm. um, it can be quite kind of jarring and uh, graphic. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but it's really it's really refreshing as well because it's kind of. It's stuff you don't hear all, all the time. He he tends to explore themes that um, other people maybe touch on quite lightly, and he dives in with two feet. Yeah, there seems to be like this thing about taboo topics with him. Yeah. Like no one, no one else wants to touch them, and he's just like, no, I'm going to put like a dead Wayne in the backdrop of my <laughs> of my story because that is that like, like the one taboo topic. <laughs> no, <laughs> wait, do, do you know what I was realizing as well? Midgets, like there's a midget in every one of these fucking. Aye, sure midgets, man. He fucking loves a midget. Um, <laughs> Who I doesn't? I I've never been particularly obsessed with them. This is getting really oh, what a surprise! Was... The only thing that trusts no one. <laughs> there was one on my. <laughs> Sorry. There was one on my course at uni. So I'd have a wee separate. One in your toast. Do you on see one on your toast? A midget on your toast. Nah, no, <laughs> Peace and midget. She <laughs> dropped out after the first, the second year. I think it was gutted, man. Oh, uh-huh. the, the course was too tall in order. For oh, they them. just fell short of the mark. Oh, hey. I feel oh. small. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I, that's like, I, that's like the only not criticism I'd have of this movie, but it's small scale. <laughs> it, it, it suits this movie. Like it has to be set in Bruges because Bruges is sort of like meant to substitute for. Purgatory is like we find yep. out in the end, you know what I mean? It's that sort of final judgment comes in Bruges. Um, but you can tell it's like a playwright's first movie, if that makes sense, because it is like a small setting. Like, this would totally work as a play because yeah. you can just yeah. keep it in like in Bruges for the entire time. Well, you're right, like, haven't seen Second Psychopaths, but three yeah, billboards yeah, yeah. would be harder, like, to translate in that, that way. Works on that medium. Yeah, is there any other people, is there anyone else who's made like a transition from theatre to film? As successfully as William Shakespeare. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> I, I, I for, I'm forgetting about William Shakespeare's Fantastic Four Eye. Like, I forgot, forgot <laughs> the success of that. Uh, I actually couldn't think of any of that. Was, that was a genuine question. It wasn't one of those rhetorical ones yeah. where I set it up for myself, but I really can't think. I hate those um, ones. <laughs> I, know, I, know a, I know an actor like um, Christoph Waltz. It's probably the best example of an actor I can think that did it. Yeah. Because he was a theatre actor for years and then made the transition. And then there was the other guy who won for Bridge of Spies. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was a theatre actor for years as well and made the transition over. I was actually Daniel talking Day about Lewis this. Of a theatre actor? I think he started... I think um, most like British actors and stuff can come for the theatre because that's where yeah. they're training us. Yeah. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. Americans can come up kind of more conventionally. Mm-hmm. Through the, oh, like the movie system, um, I, f- I thought of a director actually, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir Kenneth Branagh. You can sort of see that with his films, um, mm. especially well, not Thor, but there is. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 there, there tends to be a thing with uh, actor turned directors um, where a lot of uh, the films tend to not utilize like the the camera and stuff in a more like in a typically filmy way. And mm-hmm. it tends to be just all dialogue scenes, like really heavy dialogue scenes, because they're fo- focused so much on the actor's performance rather than... Uh, yeah, that's how it looks. 
I mean, I mean, rather than like traditional directing, uh-huh. like directing people's eyes, I'm more, um, they're more inclined to focus on performance. So, so it's like a really, they're really like performance centered films. Uh-huh. I've actually heard from because um, I was talking to Ailey Lone, and you can hear that interview on iTunes, Spotify, and oh, all the good lovely. podcasts. So, <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about making the transition uh, between the sort of like theatrical style acting uh, to acting for the camera and she's saying like it was actually it's actually really tough for some people like there's people who like just can't get it right away and need to undergo like another year or two training mm. to, like to get themselves up to that part like so it is, it is interesting like how different uh, the two mediums are to each other um, I think we'll go down give final thoughts now um, on In Bruges I'll come to Nikki first good <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice, strong. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Not the matters. Not the I need to watch the rest of these movies because every time I look, look at anything he does, I seem to love it. And, yeah, I'm just not watching these movies. Yeah, you don't watch a lot though. Like I know, that's not, this that's podcast has ruined movies for me. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I just watch what I'm told to watch. Uh, as much as the ratings do not count, do not care. One sec. That's yeah. See, that's your, like, that's I, I would like to point out, Truffles. I watched a movie the other night. Text you about it, and you didn't even apply to me. I text you saying, "I've just watched Thirty Six Chambers of Shaolin. Watch it. Not you read it and didn't even apply to me." Look, so what did you, what did you do there, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought the film was a surprisingly a really good film. I didn't I didn't expect it to be good, but I was very intrigued and right sucked in to everything that was going on. So I I was pleasantly surprised and I'd give it a solid nine. Even though the names don't count. Well, one day you're gonna like go through and get all the ratings. One day like, I'm gonna do fuck all you did. It's your bloody podcast. <laughs> I'm busy. I've got a full chicken downstairs. <laughs> Gary, let's explain that. <laughs> uh, or I, as as I was saying, obviously, like the ratings don't don't matter. Yes, Gary's <laughs> on here once and he knows. Um, but like, is everything I I want to see in a film sharp uh, sharp written dialogue, uh, a good uh, runtime? It never feel like feels like it's dragging. The action is really good, so I'd probably give it like a nine out of ten. Be up there for sure. Well, that I doesn't always, matter. I, I, I always do this because like, <laughs> someone always brings up a topic and wants me to be their final thoughts. So I want to talk about it. See the runtime thing. You're so fucking right about that, by the way. Because I it's like see any time you're on Netflix and you see it's a runtime like two over two hours. Uh, like it no. just completely puts you off from watching uh. it. Like I'm just like I can't deal with this today. I uh. can do it. See, like, going... I, you know, like some of my favourite films are over two uh, are obviously like over two hours that have a longer runtime, but it's so yeah. easy for a film to feel like it's dragging on and feel like they could just shave like half totally. an hour off. Yeah. It's the, it's the best like if I think you're going to see a long movie you need to go to the cinema to do it. Like yeah. that's what I need to do anyway, because it's one of those situations where rarely I'm gonna walk out of a film in the fucking cinema. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's only nearly happened once, uh, which was Warcraft. I nearly walked out of Warcraft and that was over two hours long and it felt it. Like I, yeah. gen- uh, I genuinely felt like I was in like some sort of stage of hell watching that mm. movie. Oh, we should really do Warcraft one day. And it was like the death. Do you know no what? Was, do you know what was really bad about that? It was uh, there were subtitles as well because maybe the deaf people showing. Uh, but it was one of those ones. I was like, I've came here now, so I'm not. And I was the only one in the cinema. There was no one else there. It was just me, just me, private showing a Warcraft with the subtitles on. <laughs> and then we went to see uh, Blair Witch Project. It was just you and one other woman. Aye, we bonded. Over that, that <laughs> women. 
Uh, fucking terrifying movie in the second half by the way the first half is like extremely bland but the second half was like fucking terrifying anyway we're going to wrap up part one there and part two um, we're going to have some sort of pitch battle uh, I, I forgot about that shit uh, <laughs> it's literally between you'll need to pitch tough just, you're just need to I'm, re- I'm semi-retired but because like, Aye, I clear, keep you lose. <laughs> it's clear the system is against me the system I'm is a, the system, against you. <laughs> the system completely admits it's against me so why should I bother just I mean? see if you weren't so competitive I wouldn't be against you I'm not fucking competitive anyway oh, Scott back to told see... me the other day but he's at full football Scott told you <laughs> Scott told you about football <laughs> yeah. Mr oh was I not a four there Scott McFarlane uh, guys we'll see you in part two <laughs> see you in part two and Scott McFarlane go fuck yourself hey <laughs> <laughs> told me you were cheating Alright guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that you can check out First Time Thrones, a sister podcast in the FT Podcast. We're only one episode away from the final moments of Game of Thrones and you can check out our thoughts and reactions to each episode of the new season. You can find us on all the good platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor and Google Podcasts. Alright guys, David here just to tell you quickly about a new project I've got underway. Um, Over the past year, um, myself and uh, a wonderful crew of people have been working on a film that I have wrote and I'm currently directing called Andy Mitchell Wants to Be a Wrestler. Um, It stars, amongst other people, Andy Mitchell, uh, Joe Thomas and Keir Batchelor, who you've heard on the podcast before, and also two of my esteemed co-hosts, Jack Higgins and Nicky Buchanan. We're hoping to get this out on the festival circuit for the start of next year, um, and we're hoping to get a trailer to you all by August, so just stay tuned for more updates than that, and thank you so much for supporting not only this podcast, but other podcasts, full-time football and first-time phones so far. Hello, we're back. Right, part two, Trips, we're doing a pitch battle. So the pitch is a sequel where the character goes bad. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously Gary against Luke against Truffles. And so this is wants, cool. So who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll, I'm jumping right in. Okay, right, Luke, on you go. Right, I thought of this idea during the week, and I'm not going to lie, I forgot to like, expand it out, but I've just thought about it there, and I think I've nailed it, right? <laughs> Hancock... <laughs> Right, oh, yes. so he goes from, and we've all seen Hancock, this is a, like, mm. right, okay. So Hancock basically goes from a drunk, like, dementia-ridden bad guy, well, no bad guy, lazy guy, to then the good guy of the film. And you find out all about how there's a woman that he's meant to be with, but she's married to another, blah, blah, blah. Sequel. She has another way that his superpowers, right? Hancock's raging at it. He suddenly just goes mental and the Wayne has to grow up and batter her. He's da. Not her da, fuck it, she's her. She, she's <laughs> has to grow up to batter Hancock. Hancock goes raging. I'm talking proper black Superman kind of raging. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Thanks, mate. Hey, uh, um, Will Smith will be played by uh, Jason Smith. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, the way we play by Eleven from Stranger Things. I want to go good shout. I want to go next. And if I wonder what you're gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> you can actually tell, can't you? This uh, this has been set up for some time. Um, it, was set up in the, it was set up in the early stages of the first film. Um, after the bride uh, kills Vernita Green and her daughter Nikki sees this happening over um, over the cereal, you know, and the bride says to Nikki, "If you're still hot about it, come and find me." I'm talking Kill Bill Volume Three here. But we said um, oh. then. So sorry, sorry, David. <laughs> But you're actually disqualified. Why? The pitch was that like a good character going bad. She was it is a good, good character going bad she because the bride, the bride, the bride is going to kill. If you let me fucking finish, the bride. <laughs> mate, you're disqualified. The bride is going to be the villain of the movie. So the bride was the good character in the first two films. Is that correct? Mister mm, disqualification. No. I've never seen Kill Bill, so I can't. She wasn't it. good. Why are we? Revenge? How are we fucking qualifying good, Nicky? <laughs> Check my You can see any character. Like, That's not good. You can see how. Truffles, you need to stop shouting, mate. People listen to this podcast to relax after a hard funny. day at work. There's a reason that I, there's a reason I didn't want to do this because I've got five fucking seconds into my pitch, a perfectly good fucking idea, and you've said no, you're fucking disqualified. So I'm, I'm going to continue. Go and fuck yourself, anyway. So the whole movie is about Nikki getting revenge on the bride, and it turns out. In fact, I don't want to do it. Gary can go. It's fine. I'm done. <laughs> hey, Gary, on you go. Uh, something I was thinking of uh, that could have like a malicious backdrop. See Peter Pan, mate. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh. And he's taking these kids and he's taking them in Neverland. This guy could be a Mark like, McDonough film. He's actually like... Uh, oh, like, uh, and, and Peter Pan, like they're living forever and they're being like fucking nine forever and it'll be gallus and that, but... Um, he could be like stealing these kids or something. He could just go in a a big rager, start bumping Wayne's man. I feel like that. And then Wendy Google. gets jealous because there's other Wendy's. Yes. <laughs> and then play Peter Pan. What if uh, he keeps killing Wendy's? Like Christopher Walken for by, Peter Pan. By <laughs> no, Christopher Walken is Wendy. Wendy. Peter, you've got to <laughs> come to me. Come to. <laughs> um, right, Gary wins. Are we, not, are we not getting to like respond to the others? Ideas? You want, eh? right, but so, Gary's already won. Right, so, <laughs> I, hate, I hate Luke's because I've never went back to see Hancock after the first time. Right, it just didn't appeal to me. And I think like his arc in the first movie was from lazy to good, and now all of a sudden he's becoming bad out of nowhere. That just makes no sense to me whatsoever. And quite frankly, I wouldn't go and see it. Uh, Gary's <laughs> Gary's is a once upon a time episode anyway, so it's already happened. So and I've seen it oh, in that show. So egg on my face. <laughs> Don't I look the fool. That's my moment, mate. I know. He's just one. He's came on this podcast at his own time to help us out, and you just went like that. You're done because you get pied because you want to do Kill Bill Volume Three. Nobody cares about Kill Bill Volume Three, mate. You can blame Tarantino. Doesn't even care about Kill Bill Volume Three. Well, that's the fucking problem, isn't it? Look, that's the fucking problem. You would actually do anything for Kill Bill Volume Three, wouldn't you? Um, would you kill Bill for happen. Kill Bill for you? <laughs> Bill's already dead, actually. Like, oh, you kill, would... I've no fucking seen that. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the actor. You've not seen it. I've not seen Kill Bill because that's why we're doing it next week. Uh, David Carradine oh, hanged no, himself while wanking. Actually, I hanged himself while wanking. The, the kung fu cunt. Aye. 
Hutchins the rock star he done that. Yeah. And can Where's I Mike... blame Noel Gallagher for his depression? <laughs> Who's Michael Hutchins? Michael Hutchins. 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 Michael I can't mind, but he, I think he's more solo. Hold on, I'll check. Wait, I'm anyway. sure he must have been in a band. Anyway, Gary's won. He's through the next XS. round. Okay. Aye, well done, Gary. I'm so happy. NXS. Yeah, buzzing, Gary. Anyway, like in all seriousness, the the pitch, the second pitch battle uh, event will take place in August. Um, basically, we're going to have two rounds of three matches. The winners will qualify for the final, take on the champion, try and take the belt. Are we hoping... Uh, no, you're hosting it, unfortunately. I'm just not going to compete. And I'm going to be there to pass snidey judgment over people uh, because I think it's what I should do at this point because you're I'm not going to get... Through your toys at the pram, aren't you? A wee bit, aye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be the first to, I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, a new trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out um, this week um, along with some new posters for the promotional material. Um, I didn't think I could get more buzzing about this movie. But I'm more buzzing. I really can't fucking wait <laughs> to see this movie. It's going to be class. Anyone else got anything to say about the new Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer? The uh, the trailer. I, I I like when um I like when they don't give too much away in the trailer, and I feel like this trailer was just right. ambiguous enough to keep me or to get me more buzzing. But I don't feel like I've watched the film already. What's what's significant about this trailer for me was we seen Manson for the first time. Yeah. Um. Which I wasn't sure because I liked that he wasn't in the first trailer because it still left me guessing. Is he actually going to be involved in it heavily or is it just going to be like a sort of background cameo thing? Mm. But it seems to be there is a lot of sort of involvement from the, the Manson family and stuff like that. Um, oh, is, anyone, is anyone else still concerned about how they're going to handle that a wee bit? No. Wait, I'm confused. What are you talking about? Charles Manson is a character in the movie because Sharon Tate, the character that Margot Robbie's playing, was a real life actress who got murdered by the Manson family. Uh, oh, we, you know, I right. So I'm just buzzing for it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Class. <laughs> what? Um, and also, there was one thing I noticed. Did you see that when he's playing? It was showed you one of his old films, and he's playing uh, the guy who kills the Nazis with a flamethrower. Yeah, <laughs> is that that's clearly a Inglorious Bastards reference, isn't it? Mm. That's a hundred and ten percent yes. Right, he's, a, yeah, he's getting a wee, a wee bit up his own arse now. Like, what, self-referencing? I, I, I'm, no what a fan a of, I'm no a fan of self-referencing, I'm sorry. He can do that, like, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> but no, no, he can't. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants except make Kill Bill Volume 3. <laughs> uh, that's the one <laughs> thing I draw the line at. Don't even get me started. <laughs> no, no, I, self-referencing in films, it just comes across a wee bit self-indulgent. I'm sorry. I like it as a fan, but like it's just one of those ones where I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Moving on from that anyway, how are we pronouncing this new Chris for Nolan movie? Does anyone know? No? No. No, I've not read anything about it. It's Tene. Right, so basically it's called Tene, I think. Or Tenet. Yeah, Right, so it's Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Kenneth Branagh, Michael Caine, Clemens Posey, who we've seen uh, in, in Bruges, and Robert Pattinson, uh, the future Batman. Uh, so it's basically going to be an international action spy movie. Uh, so it's going to be Christopher Nolan's James Bond, except not Fucking James Bond. Fucking yawn, thanks. <laughs> Moving on. You're not a fan <laughs> of it? 
not that, mate. You t- tell me that what you just said there sounds exciting. First, a starter sounds like James Bond, which we've had for the past twenty-five years. No lies, we've had it for about fifty-five years. I'm sorry, uh, I don't, I don't think they're interesting. And Chris Van Olen, he's only good, like Batman trilogy out the way, Inception, which got Interstellar, and. Like, see, just original ideas, I think he's fine at, but that just sounds like any other spy movie. You know like, what I mean? He, here's the difference for me, original, The difference for me is, like, his last few movies have been more focused on, like, a visual cinematic <coughs> experience rather than focusing on, like, a story or a narrative. Mm. This sounds like it'll have more of a narrative, Fred, which are the movies I like more from Nod. So that's why I'm excited about it. I do get what you mean. Like, there's nothing about the story I hear right now that just makes it sound... Like, oh, this is the freshest idea on the planet. But I don't think it needs to be. I think like he's going to take an idea or story that's sort of been told before and put his own spin in it. Uh, Gary, what's your thoughts on it? I, I, as a kind of general rule, I tend to like everything he does, even if it is a more narrative thing or a kind of more visual experience like Dunkirk or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to like everything. So I'm sure I'll at least, well, I'll hopefully like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, as you'll say, it doesn't have to be like the freshest idea in the world. It um, it could just be an idea that's been done before, and I think he'll just do it well and in his own way. And I tend yeah. to like his style, and I think he writes with his brother all the time. So yeah, like, um, big, big uh, Johnny Nolan, ah, uh, the boy. Um, yeah. their, their, yeah. script, their scripts tend to be pretty good, man. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. Uh, I don't point. think I don't think I've spoken about Dunkirk extensively on here before. Oh, don't start, don't start, don't start. <laughs> I, just, I, it was it was good in the cinema at the time I seen it in the IMAX. I've only ever seen it in the cinema. I I've, never, I've never rewatched it. I don't think I. I don't think I could. Mm. You know that way. It's yeah. one of those ones that looked amazing. I can appreciate everything he did, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't look at my watch a couple of times. Yeah. You know I mean? Like it, and it's one. I hate to say that when someone makes something that's clear, like so fucking beautiful like that but then you're just like oh, I'm sorry like you need more to get me hooked that's why The Prestige is my favourite of his movies oh what film oh, I love that film it's cause like the, how the narrative we spoke about that and stuff. we did a full fucking episode on it that you can find on Spotify iTunes and all good podcasts and sites thank you thank you very much for that <laughs> uh, the la- the la- self promotion mate we would never yeah. do that I love it I love it the last story of the day so Back to the Future is getting a musical coming to London 2020 uh, you don't need money, you don't need fame, you don't need no credit card to ride this train. Uh, the power of love better be. <laughs> oh, trust. Oh, oh trust. Remember the, what I told that guy, what you to do last week? Reference yourself to that. No. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, just for openness, it's like actually quite early, so I'm so fucking tired. Uh, Back to the Future musical, is this a good or bad idea? Great. Why not? Yeah. Uh, uh, is it? Will it be? Think it. What's his face? Huey Lewis. Think it will just be Huey Lewis songs constant. No. Huey Lewis the musical. I don't know. <laughs> but I've not heard anything. If it is a jukebox musical, like it's like all songs from like past, or if it is going to be original music, like I, I don't know that. You know what I mean? So I'll hold that back the answer. But if it was not all, I've came onto this podcast for answers, and you've uh, you've not supplied any. Like I have, um, no, I'm I, have no, I have no answers because Nikki completely threw me off like uh, earlier by being a fucking dick. Uh, like that's <laughs> oh, that's why. Like, oh, that's why like, like, I have no. Uh, what part? 
was that? I'll send, I'll send you a five point list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind it being all Huey Lewis songs. Like, is there any other movie that deserves to have a musical made though? Like, that was the question. Chicken Little. Little. <laughs> Chicken Little. <laughs> uh, Does it have to be Kill Bill Destin's... Volume 3? Oh, wait. <laughs> By the way, right, see if it was a musical and it was just RZA performing the entire you didn't soundtrack. Know was... I did know. You didn't know he was in Wu-Tang Clan until the other day? Aye, but I knew he was on the Kill Bill poster. By my <laughs> bed. I was actually baffled by that. What do you mean? Right, but I'll actually listen to he does a song called uh, The Ode to Oren um, that he raps on. It's, it's class. So He's amazing. I take it. I'd take a Kill Bill musical. Any other movies that should get musicals? Um, let's Germany start. or Dark Fate? <laughs> the Simpsons movie? Yes. The Simpsons movie. With um, Green Day. Yeah. Just Green Day songs. Yeah, because mm. Green Day died in it. Tell you what, Aye. I wasn't a mad fan of musicals, but I went to see, um, oh, was it called? Rock of Ages. And it was unbelievable. So good. <laughs> That is a movie we should do, by the way, by Kevin Nash. Did you slaughter the movie during the musical? Yeah, yeah, it's class. Uh, Luke clearly wants to move on and talk about Terminator Dark Fate to finish off. No, 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 I just wanted it to be a musical. I'm just sick of, I think the film adaptation will not be good, so I demand it be a musical. Here's the thing about Terminator. There you um, go. <laughs> fucking hell. I think any time a new Terminator trailer has came out, I get I get a wee bit uh, a jizz in my pants and just get a wee bit excited. Right. I've noticed something with that new trailer, right? See, every other trailer, even going back to Terminator 2, yeah, uh, it reveals the twist. So Terminator 2, you had Arnie who was looking after John Connor. Mm-hmm. Terminator 3 had Arnie again looking after John Connor. Mm-hmm. And then Salvation was... There was a Terminator working for the resistance. Yeah. And then Terminator Genesis. Hold on, I'm in the last one. Terminator Genesis. What was it? Oh, there was. Um, it was John Connor was bad. John Connor was bad, and there was. Oh, Matt Smith. What's wrong with the Terminator? Something wrong with the Terminator. Aye, well, but, but the twist is always in a trailer. This, on the other hand, mm-hmm. has not shown anything. It's only shown that there's a Terminator. Well, it might not be a Terminator, maybe just a a human that's just got like metal skin. Who knows, right? Mm. So I've got high hopes to that point. But my other side is the trailer looks fucking shite. <laughs> it just do, looks, you, do you think it looks bad? It looks so generically actiony movie. You know what I mean? Like Linda Hamilton still looks fucking sexy. By the way, I'm sorry. What? I what? Would, what? I would I definitely. Sarah Connor. Yeah. One hundred percent. Do you want to tell Sunday. us to stop talking about women like that on this podcast? You gave Higgins into trouble last time. I didn't give Higgins into trouble for anything. I didn't give Higgins into trouble. Shut up, Truff. You <laughs> have no room to talk. Wow. Uh, she is at least sixty year old. Um, ah, still jacked. Qu- still jacked as fuck. Yeah, I guess she's she's preparing for Judgment Day. Let's go, Rusev. I suppose. She. The only question I do have is. I seen behind the scenes of the film, and there was a. They're basically going to have flashbacks to Terminator Two, right? But they're going to have like doubles of like Arnie and you know how they done Arnie in Genesis. It was just this big muscly guy, but they put like Arnie's face on top of him, like yeah. mocap essentially. So they're doing <laughs> that with somebody who looks like John Connor from the nineties. Nice, uh, but John Connor doesn't appear in the trailer, so oh. I think. He died, 
and Sarah Connell's now the leader of the resistance. <laughs> she he died right after Arnie saved him, like right after the events of T two. Meant nothing. Like he just like goes outside and gets run over by a car or something. Like that. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. See when you said he's got Arnie's face in him, I just imagined you know those like masks you can get from like uh, <laughs> like wee shops uptown, just like someone wearing one of them, but it's Arnie's face. Or Dwight from the office when he skins uh, the American dummy, just like <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see. Uh, the last topic I want to touch on with Dark Fate is like it continues the trend we've seen with Halloween of retconning uh, movies in the franchise and being a sequel mm. to like it's like an alternative timeline sort of thing. So this is just a sequel to T two. It leaves out the other three movies that came after that. Do we like this? Uh, do we like this idea, or does it feel like they're trying to let themselves off scot free for James the Cameron? that says in Terminator Genesis and Terminator this one. He's somebody's put out like he's done the same interview. He's basically like, "Oh, it reminds me when like I was making Terminator and Terminator Two. <laughs> it reminds me of those good times." But he says the exact same thing about Terminator Genesis and this Terminator. So, <laughs> like, and I don't think he's had much of a hand in this Terminator. Yeah, it's the guy is Tim Miller who directed Deadpool. Yeah, who's doing this? Mm-hmm. So and I'm co-directed the first John Wick. I want that to be oh. made extremely clear. I've still not seen any of the John Wicks, but I've only heard good things. John Wick. Oh, Gary. John Wick is a masterpiece. Like, it's honestly one of the, my favourite movies of all time. I have like Keanu Reeves, man. He's a, he's a, he's a cool guy. He's a sound normal. guy, man. He just seems Aye, sound as fuck. You know? Bill and Ted, mate. I've seen a thing of him talking about money and basically just saying how he gives a lot, away a lot of his money and he was saying, like, he can live off what he's made. He was like, I can comfortably live off what I've made for the rest of my life. So he doesn't really need money. So he can just do what he wants to do. It's easy to say that, that when amazing. you're a fucking multi-billionaire. Oh. I know, but that's my point. But now he can just go and do what he wants. Just live, no, it's mental as well. Works. They're making Bill and Ted 3. Uh, Are they, but look... Are they oh, though? Shit. Oh fuck! Have I stepped at the territory here? I'm not being funny. Like I've heard this for like six years now. The Bill and Ted three is happening. Yeah, no, they've released like no, they've done a video when they're like, oh, we're filming Bill and Ted three. I don't. I won't. I won't believe it. I won't believe it. Didn't like any movies? That was all I would watch. It's the only movie like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I remember it was like when we were at Cherry. He'd watch High School Musical two. I liked High School Musical. I know. He yeah, didn't I... like it in the didn't really like music either when we were younger. <laughs> he was like fucking about. That's weird. Uh, anyway, hey, if you want to hear. When I became friends with Kyle, all he liked was ABBA. <laughs> that was it. Like, he refused it. But I was like, you must listen to something. He was like, no, nah, I don't like music. He was just Class. like open. Then he started getting into grime, and that's when he liked music. <laughs> ABBA and grime, that's it. ABBA and grime was these two that things is. that he lost. They go hand in hand, everyone knows. <laughs> anyway, if you want to hear Stormzy Chris... and ABBA. If you want to hear Chrissy Ferguson's thoughts on the, the last season of Game of Thrones, um, you can check out First Time Thrones, Spotify, iTunes, or I will bring up Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. We'll get him on this show once as well. Nicky, there will only be a next time on that show because Game of Thrones is done. It's done. We've still recorded the finale review though, so we're doing that tomorrow. Um, but Tell him I hate him. I will tell him that. I'll, I'll Final thoughts on Terminator, but James Cameron's <laughs> a wank and he keeps tweeting about Avatar sequels that are absolutely going to be horse shit. Or do we need no to... Ah, uh, who cares, man? Um, who, uh, no, I mean, actual who cares? I, I who actual cares? I've yet to find someone who does give a shit. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> I'm not being funny. I know it made an obscene amount of money. 
but that was a fluke. I've I've come to the conclusion it was a complete fluke. I like, hope it comes out again. Came, Thank you. They came out involved. in the last week it, yeah. of not the first week of January, right? Yeah. So no film was released, and it done like some weird run where it was like eight weeks in the cinema. Yeah. And from January to this midway through February, no film gets released. This like huge and so, its ticket prices were extortionate because yeah. it was, I, because it was, it, was three, it was pure like oh you need to see this in 3D and everyone who's seen it in 3D was like you need to see it in 3D I didn't but I heard nothing but great things about it but I've I never seen like it trap, I feel like the trap of You're buying a Blu-ray and I was like oh, I need to buy a Blu-ray because it's got it's got the best and you know what bold bold out my tits Do you looks, it, uh, the, the whole thing with Avatar when it was released but it was like they it was like a new type of visual effects or something. Like they'd never done it before. It was right. maybe pure groundbreaking, and it was. But the film was just boring as shit, man. That's what he's banking on now, though. Like I don't oh, see, even though I'll have no interest in seeing Avatars two, three, four, and five, which he's making back to back. By the way, because that Fucking much hell, of man, five of them, Jesus. So what is he making them all? <laughs> I, he's I... Made, they're filming them all back to back. Like he's ready to go. They've been filming this for like five years now already. Have they? Like, working technology and shit. He has been... It's mental. Like, it's absolutely mental. Like, I, I, I can't wait to no see money, it. Honestly. I'd love really, that. Really, I do as well, but I'm not going to bet against him because he's had... His last two movies have been two of the three highest grossing films of all time. What? I'm pretty sure. Well, he had Avatar and Titanic. Ah, uh, he's... He's so, doing no bad. What, you know what's, what I mean? what's his budget but like? see what you think about it that way see what you watch Avatar and you watch Titanic what's actual special about them Titanic apart from the one bit in Titanic when they rattle like the, the boat stepping and the guy falls and rattles his head after railing classic <laughs> classic bits for Jim Cameron man <laughs> I'm sorry look but if you can look at a movie that has Celine Dion giving it her all and say what's special about it I feel sorry for you <sighs> That's no. honestly such a tough thing to say, man. Celine, <laughs> our Lord and Savior, Celine Dion. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, best, the best thing we got for Titanic was the music when you're on like Twitter and Focus going like, <laughs> going uh, something they put music to it, man. Brings a tear to my eye. What's your favorite one of them? What, like, uh, videos where they put one of their goals? Aye. No, I have no idea, man. But Tom Rogich, <laughs> Scottish Cup final, winning the treble. Yeah. Emotional to a whole new level. I nearly broke my ankle that day and see the music. Yeah. Just, that's you know, the funny thing is, see, for those who weren't there, they actually played that music live at the Hamden. Yeah. When he scored the goal. Yeah, that time. So it's not actually to them that actually did happen. Well, on that bombshell, uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Uh, I'm buzzing for next time because next time we've got a double bill, a kill bill, kill bill volume one and two. It's happening. Uh, it long lasts. This is going to be horrible. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm going to be scared at any opinion I give. Because Trust going to be like, wrong! <laughs> wrong! Gary, see, for context, see, uh, in uh, Trust's top 10 films of all time, he's put uh, one and two as thoughts one and two. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> the Kill Bills are absolute masterpieces. I've, I've only seen like 10 minutes of the first one, man. And what did you make of those ten minutes, Gary? Oh, mate, it was it was a uh, it was a uh, it was about as good as it gets, mate. You know, ten minutes in, I got everything. I, I felt like I'd seen all I had to see. <laughs> you should see to be fair. I slide Kill Bill just to annoy truffles, but you should watch it. It's fucking amazing. I liked Gary's answer there. Gary will be back. Um, he'll be back on, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, AJ Simonton will be back. Um, to address, she wasn't actually happy with the first pitch battle, so we'll be addressing that in the lead up to Why? pitch battle too. 
because uh, she says that I'm a dick, which I disagree uh, with. I don't know if you heard me cut out there, but because uh, I got a phone call, I was quite raging. Sorry. No, it's Didn't fine. Hear it. You could get away with that. I know. We were just about to finish off. Anyway, catch you oh, later, right, guys. Sorry, guys. Hi. Bye. 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 Bye.